Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I have a great guest uh, like every week. Uh, I'm so excited to bring this particular guest. Uh, I haven't known her that long, but she has really been doing some amazing things in our industry. And so Cheryl, I will turn it over to you now. Just introduce yourself and kind of tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, Charlie. So happy to be here with you. We've talked about this for, I don't know, a couple of years, right? But um, this is exciting. And so hello, everybody. I'm Cheryl Merchant. I am the CEO and president of Takeo Family of Companies. And that means uh, from our Vietnam, Italian, Czech Republic, Zurich, uh, Canada, Texas, California, all over the world. Um, I am the leader for all of those operations. I've been in this industry since January of 2019. I uh, can't believe how four years flat, uh, flew by, but two years of pandemic, we don't even we don't even count them, right? And then supply chain, and now everybody wants to talk about the economy. So skipping all that bad news, uh, I am loving it to death, and this is very exciting to work for Johnny Hazenway and here for Takeo. Yes, and uh, I was going to ask you, how long has it been? So yeah, it was about four years ago, and- you definitely have um, been on. The, you've been on the Empowering Women podcast with us, and I was really excited to bring you on here because you are in the pump industry. And so, how do you get there? I mean, can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about the background and the journey of how you got into the pump industry. I can a little bit, but you know, I uh, I, I gotta tell you, I love being in the pump industry. So, um, I have been an automotive rat for oh, I hate to even. Uh, mentioned this, but 40 years now, 40 years since I took my first job starting with General Motors, then went to Ford, Mazda, worked for Lear Corporation. I've run plants from Mexico of 4,000 people to Canada to uh, multiple operations in Poland and England and just been all over the world and really, really enjoyed uh, being able to see all those cultures. But uh, I would hate if anybody from automotive would help, would hear me say what I think of automotive industry. It's just too much of a dog eat dog. And, you know, and the pump industry is just the most caring. Um, I don't care if you're a supplier, a, a manufacturer, a customer caring for that person out there that needs needs heat, needs water, or a, a hospital that's down, needs pumps or a university. It doesn't matter. I mean, everybody jumps and helps. And and that's what I really, really love about this industry. And how I got here, Johnny Hughes and White. So I came to Rhode Island 25 years ago now. And um, I love it here in Rhode Island. But of course, I'm blessed to be able to travel everywhere. But Johnny and I have been friends that long. We were running two very uh, strong manufacturing companies here in Rhode Island. And just, well, if you know John Hayes and White, you know he, he loves the world. He loves everybody. He loves his country. He he is um, a definite family man and Takeo's part of that family. And we've talked about what we call the dream team for quite some time. So he came to me in 18 and said, your time's up. Uh, he might've done a little arm twisting at the beginning, but I was more than happy to to jump on board and say, let's go. Yeah. And I think that that family owned business and, and that feeling that you've created and he's created that you're now part of um, is really 
something special. And so being able to work in that environment also with what we like to say, pumps are vital to life, right? And, and we really need this equipment to uh, run, but we also appreciate the people behind the scenes. And I've seen that uh, both from you and Johnny, for sure. And I, again, I just love that you're here. I, I've seen what a hard time that you got kind of launched into. Um, <laughs> and I, I just think you did so many great things. And so I'd love you to talk a little bit about that um, and just that journey through the the pandemic, supply chain issues, you know, and, and like, as you know, you mentioned, it is a tough economy, but you are still growing. And yeah, it, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So, yeah, and without getting too down in the dirty details, um, Johnny had stepped away from Keiko for a few years and uh, came back in 18 um, when they were they were just in severe trouble. Um, some purchases, some things happening and launch of an ERP, some mismanagement, whatever it may be, uh, really in severe trouble. So he sat down and said, I'm going to lose my company and you got to help me. And and as just a uh, a great person and, and being his friend. Uh, I said, absolutely. So we started working on Sundays. I joined their board in April of 18. Um, and uh, at the same time as their new finance man. So we just dove in, um, started asking questions and started going to town. And it was, uh, it's been quite a turnaround. Johnny did amazing stabilizing. And the first thing to that was just to get everybody calm and say, I'm back don't worry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you guys, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lose you. And so he, and, and he's the person everybody turns to, they believe him, they look to him. It's just an amazing relationship in here. Uh, so the amount of people that have been with him for 40 plus years. And so we came in, uh, I came in on the, um, on the board and then in 19 joined and started traveling around with him. It didn't take too long to figure out that there's a, you know, driving enthusiasm to get better and to constantly be improving. And, and that uh, pumps are for life. You know what, Charlie, we, during the pandemic, it was, we are essential. We are essential. We are essential and we have to stay open because we cannot let people down. We cannot let our customers down. And, and I worked with the government, Johnny worked with the government very strongly with our Rhode Island Manufacturing Association to help manufacturing know that we have to figure it out. We have to figure out how to, just like we do with quality or anything else, certify ourselves for this pandemic so that we can stay in operations. And that's what we did. So uh, we came back, um, in fact, Johnny and I were coming back from the um, Hydronics Institute in Arizona in the February, March, I guess it was March of 2020. And I wouldn't let him sit down until I wiped everything, <laughs> everything in the plane down. And then we get home. This is it. I mean, we, and everybody, it was just catastrophe everywhere. I know. I remember that so well. We just oh. had such a great time. It was a great event. Yep. Uh, and then wham, uh, yeah, everybody stay exactly. at home. Yeah. Exactly. And we have a plant in the heart of where the pandemic was in Italy. Oh my goodness. We were watching it. We were watching it in China and, and we were um, watching um, Italy. They were just, uh, loading trucks, right. And shutting things down. Our, our Italian plant had a tremendous struggle. Um, 
it, just no other way to put it, just tremendous. They wouldn't even let people walk on the streets unless you had a dog or a baby. So people were running out their dogs. You'd see the same dog with half a dozen people. <laughs> um, and then Vietnam went through the same thing. We had, uh, they shut that country down for two months over there and you could either go home at, or you could stay at your plant. And our people literally with a lot of conversations and things, they, they chose to stay at the plant. We ended up renting a boarding house, rent, you know, bringing in food throwing down pallets on the floor and our people stuck with us. We never shut down anywhere in this globe um, during that entire two years. And it was tough. Uh, boy, uh, you know, it, it was, it's great when you're under pressure a little bit sometimes, because if you just said, Hey, I need a global communication platform that we can talk to at any time, any day, uh, anywhere in the world throughout the company. And you would have got, well, that'll take six months. We did it in about 10 days. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and our company was globally connected. And now, even now, uh, my global staff meetings every Monday morning are done by teams because it really is better for all of us to be able to look at each other and, and be on the same page versus a bunch of people in a room and other people's you know, distance. So we learned yeah. a lot. Well, I was going to say, we saw that shift, right? And every the digitalization and everybody having access. But I think the people who were really um, able to, to do this well is because they acted quickly. Like you said, uh, we don't have six months to wait on this. We need this now and kind of putting that pressure on people. Um, exactly. and I feel like that is kind of the same in this, this discussion about supply chain, things weren't happening like we needed them to. So we had to get in touch with people, see who we could count on and who had the best relationship. So, you know, that, I feel like that season <clears throat> itself, what was just a lot of that, but navigating that, you know, being, you're not, I wouldn't say new because you've been in that role a couple of years when that happened, but still that relationship, we really had to lean on the family um, that y'all have built, right? Exactly. And I'll tell you, um, I had one of my executives tell me that COVID gave me street cred. Yes, <laughs> so immediately. When, when you can lead, lead a company through that kind of, uh, you know, global catastrophe, they're just like, okay, she can do anything or whatever. When, I, when she says, move that wall, let's move the wall. But um, we did 7 a.m. every morning. Didn't matter who was on vacation or where you were at in the world. We were on a 7 a.m. meeting talking about our people, talking about the status of our PPE, talking about our equipment, um, customer orders, where we were at. Um, Johnny was there. I was there and leading the team. But we had come home from that March trip. And you're right uh, about acting fast because... We came home from that March trip in 2020 and uh, we pulled everybody together and said, what do you think? This is what's going on. We can see Italy. We can see China. We can see this. And um, everybody went around the, the table and lots of opinions. And that's really the normal way I work. I mean, we have a team of experts and we look at them. But that was one day I put my foot down and said, no, I want everybody home now. And there was a lot of them that thought, hey, you know what, you're jumping the gun. We got people out there in sales. We were launching an ERP system in Canada. We got IT people here and there. Nope, get them home. Everybody home now. And we, and within, we did that. And within two weeks, the world locked down. So it really was a fast decision to keep your people safe. It, it was just the number one priority. We have to keep our people safe right now. Yes, and I remember uh, early on talking to you and, and kind of how you had to keep the people safe was that you had to, you know, shift things around in the plant and the different flexible shifts that you had. And I think all of that, it is, it's, it's, it's 
number one priority are people. And, and then what we do have to work and these pumps are essential, like you said. So um, I love this and I, I can't help any time when I have you on Cheryl is to think about how you're so successful. And especially in this industry, which is a very male populated industry. And we, we love that you, you bring yourself, your true self to work. And I'm just curious, you know, how you felt like you were able to navigate that and maybe any tips out there for other leaders. Yeah, absolutely. You know, funny, you say that um, pump industry is male dominated and I'm going to this uh, fishing tournament here tomorrow morning. I lead off and it's all the construction, all the construction across the, the, uh, the America and a couple hundred, you know, men. And we are having the first women's boat ever. Charlie, you, if I could have got you yeah. on it, it would have been great. <laughs> but we're going to and, and just let me come home with the bragging rights that the women's group won, you know. But um, so I would tell you that unfortunately, and, and ladies that know it everywhere, this world is male dominated. All right. I, you know, the, the ladies in, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, definitely in automotive, high executives, every meeting I've been in all my life has been male dominated. And yeah, you walk in and the five foot two blonde, uh, you know, you don't get much credit right off the bat. You might get five minutes of respect uh, because the lady in the room, but that's about it. And um, and not always that either with some of the, the worlds we've lived in, right? But you, um, I believe as a leader, and, and I, I guess I would start there because uh, I was always incredibly blunt as I was coming up through the ranks. But as a leader, I do everything to make my team successful. And then I just go along for the ride. And I meet with every single one of my executives an hour every single week and not to mention the team, but, and, and talk to them about their objectives, how are they doing? What are they doing? Guidance back and forth. I work on a consent, a consent and advice. So allow me to give you some advice, but otherwise it's go and, and don't come to me with the problem. Just, you know, let's talk about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And maybe I can add something to it from my own experience, but otherwise support and, and absolutely give you everything you need to be successful. And, and that's really what, I don't care where in this globe you're at. That's what people want to do. I mean, they don't go to work and want to fail. They go to work and they want to be successful. And so I asked every employee here, do you know what you need to do to be successful every single day? I just met with my new group of orientation and I told them that's the first thing they need to ask their boss. What do I need to do every single day to be successful? And if it's, get a new customer, if it's build a hundred quality parts, whatever it is, you need to be able to go home and say, man, I really kicked booty today. You know, I, I hit it out of the park because that's when you feel good. That's when you want to go back. That's when it's more than a job. And then, and then the other piece to it is um, we open, take up to our families. So we've had a open, a family open house in, on at Christmas and we, kind of rope off the areas and make sure everything's proper and all of set all the rules, but bring your family and show your family. This is where I work. These are what I build. This is what I do every day. This is the people I work with. This is what the finished good looks like. So you can go home and talk about your takeo family with your, with your home family. And there's a connection. And so we have a lot of family events. We have a lot of the open houses that, so people can see each other and it makes everyone that works here, it's more than a job. Takeo's more than a job. It is 
it is make it is making those essential products and top of the line and being proud of those products. It is working with a company that cares about your passions um, because I've just was signing on before I talked with you a a corporate executive sponsor for our partners that's going to be able to work with all of the community work we want to be able to do out there and getting our employees involved. Bring your passion, come to Takeo, we support you, um, whatever that passion may be. So it's really making people making people really love what they do, you know, and and that's my whole job. Yes. It's not about making pumps, Charlie. I hate to tell you that. (laughs) I know. It's about the people. And I definitely, it it runs through you. We can feel it. And I I think I've never heard, and I've talked to a lot of people, anybody say anything negative. It is always positive about Takeo and the family and everybody that I've heard um, that work there. So I I love that. I take in that energy and I want to put it, I want to give it back out to the world. I do want to say a couple of things that I've seen uh, that I thought were really successful. The um, Takeo After Dark uh, that y'all started, uh, it was during, it was on Instagram and they, and I want to say it was during the pandemic when it started. It was, it it was, I love it. And I think that y'all have kept, kept that going and I see it growing and that community is built online, uh, but also based on your customers and people wanting information. Tell me, is there anything else um, that we need to know about Takeo or kind of that next step or just, I'll let you kind of have that last word. Well, first, I, I thank you for recognizing our training team, but you're absolutely right. Again, this was guys, you're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to go anywhere in the world and be able to hold these training sessions and, and launching our products and just helping with with um, customers with all sorts of those. So what are we going to do? And man, they came up with Takeo After Dark. They came up with um, Takeo Tuesdays. They, they they hit on a whole bunch of things. It's like, bring your glass of bourbon and come sit with us and we're going to give away t-shirts and we're going to do stuff and we're going to talk about pumps. They trained over 60,000 people a year during the pandemic for those two, a year, each year. And and that was that team, the leader sat down with his guys and said, what are we going to do? And they came up with all these different ideas. It was amazing. Really, really amazing. So proud of those guys. And we did a lot of that. The the different levels of people getting involved in, and taking things to, let's not give up. You know, even when we sat here in March and we said, okay, we just divided our, our staff in half. We just shut down. We we're putting people into groups of five. We're rotating. We're taking, we can't eat in the cafeterias. It doesn't matter. We're not going to give up. We're, but you we're, know what? Um, yeah. That is directly what I saw was y'all came in and gave that message, both, you know, internally to your teams, but you were also in Johnny as well out there videos, speaking to people um, yep. through these channels. And yep. Yeah, I think that made a big difference. It, it really yeah. told the story and you had confidence that, you know, that your leadership was right there with you. And so anyway, we've, we've talked, we've definitely talked about that a lot, but I because we can see you as that leader. And I know I've, I always um, bring in your feminine energy card because I love it. And it's, you're also such a great leader, but thanks for embracing that, you know, that we can be females and uh, be CEOs, which is what you are, which is wonderful. I have to tell you, I had a boss or a peer once tell me, he goes, it's so amazing that you've been able to keep this job and maintain your femininity. Like, what did you think I was going to do with it? You can't put it on a shelf, you know? So um, it's, it's really just being who you are, you know, people look for you to, you're reading your eyes, you're honest, you, you walk your talk, you, you're as giving as you 
you know, in all aspects, but that's, that's, what's important. Not whether you're male or female or black or white or yellow or whatever, it's being an honest, direct person. But um, just to throw at you, I'm going to tell you, because in the last four years, Charlie, Taco has doubled since I've been here. And so where are we going next? We're doubling again. We are in the process of four new buildings around the world, uh, busting out three buildings in Fall River, and we're going to make a new building. We're looking across the Carlsbad, another 100,000 square foot state of the art um, in Budweiss, Czech, in PIFA, in Vietnam. So every operation, we just uh, signed up a new contract down in Texas. Love it, Texas. We're so excited. And so we are we're going for the gold. Everybody's talking about the economy. Forget that. Just forget it. You put it on the shelf. Go do your job. Go sell. Go build pumps. Make quality products and and care about each other. So I think we can all succeed that way. I agree. And I love the positive energy. That is what how I run my business. And I think others should as well. So I'm in this alignment. Is why we're partners. <laughs> That's right. We're in alignment. Um, so looking forward to what we do next together. And I just want to thank you for your time. This is an honor for me. Um, yes, um, I've wanted it since the day I heard you were, you know, going to speak to me, I guess is the best way because we've had some <laughs> other leaders that may not jump on here, but you are willing to come out and share. And I just, I want to thank you for that. So everybody share this episode. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sharing it when I get the uh, first, you know, glimpse of it. I'll be sharing it with people, but we'll also share it online, like, and subscribe, do all that good stuff to show up so that our podcast show up in your feed, uh, but also share it with somebody that is coming up, you know, somebody, a brand new person um, that may be entering our industry. I think it's really important. And I'm going to do real quickly a rapid fire. I didn't ask you these. I didn't send you these questions, but it will only take a few minutes. What is your favorite book? Speed of Trust. Speak of Trust? Speed of Trust. Speed Covey. of Trust. By Covey. Okay. What about your favorite music or band? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm a... I'm an old rock and roll and a country girl. So um, you can find me listening to Luke Bryan or RC, uh, Ario Speedwagon or ACDC. <laughs> All of that is uh, my jam. So um, the other thing I, I always ask is what is the best advice that you've ever received? <laughs> Wow. Um, it's pretty much what I was just talking about. I had a boss that told me, look, nobody gets up and wants to go in and fail. So if somebody didn't do their job, it's either because they weren't trained well, they didn't have the right tools or they weren't supported or they didn't know it was their job. And young lady, that's your fault. All of them. So I take that to heart. Um, people's success is, is on me. And the second thing that same mentor told me is one rose won't last you all summer. So if you're going to be a good golfer, you've got to, you got to shake off that last swing, good or bad and move forward. I love that. And this is the the last question. If you could give somebody advice, a new person coming into our industry, what would you say to them? Be bold. Take no prisoners. Just be bold, man. There's If you believe in yourself and you just, nobody will believe in you unless you do. And so go forward and just, and when anybody asks you, do you know this? Give me 10 minutes and I will, because there's nothing you can't learn on your own or, or drive forward or ask the questions and get it done. I love it. Thank you again so much for your time. And we will uh, share this episode. And until next time, everybody, be empowering. <laughs>